The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. Power of Water is the theme of our show. We're soon going to be starting our seventh year. We've had over 500 guests from all over the world, from Kenya, Holland, and all over North America, Canada, and um, it's just exciting. And the guests are special people. They've made it possible for us to learn a lot about nutrition, our eyes, um, skin cancer, um, how, to, how to grow organic foods, um, learn more about the children of the world and different kinds of diseases that we're challenging uh, to hopefully uh, solve. All over the world, people have been coming, Nobel Prize winners, uh, NASA, NOAA, and I could go on and on, United Nations, heads of countries. And we've been in Sweden uh, for the World Water Day with the Royal Family of Sweden, and I could go on. It's been a very exciting few, several years for me, and but I want everyone to realize, and everybody who's been on our show and listening to our show, it's the power of water is the theme. And did you know that 5,000 children are dying a day because they don't have any water at all? We should all be humiliating the leaders of the countries where those children are dying and their mothers are having to watch that and their families. There should be something done about that. And one day we will go together and humiliate those countries. Today, today I want to bring attention to what is happening in the United States of America with Hurricane Sandy. We're calling that worldwide. I want you to know, we're, we are in America, we're calling it the monster storm. And we had several states affected by this monster storm. And for everybody to remember, in the last month we were hearing there was going to be an October surprise. And a lot of people were hearing from the news media, well, they wondered what it could be, be out there in the world. What, what country is going to be a surprise? It was our country, the weather was the October surprise. They knew it was coming. And it's called climate change, but they did have a foresight that it was coming. Now, I'm going to say something about the infrastructure of a country that I love more than my life. I have priorities with God. I have priorities with my country, and my family come third. I love this country. I love this planet. But there's an infrastructure planning that we're, we're missing something that when we go to elect politicians, that we elect them to protect us for safety reasons. There's no, there's no being too cautious for safety. You can't even be embarrassed if you're being too cautious for keeping us safe. There should be no embarrassment about that. And if we should react sometimes very impulsively to protect ourselves, there's nothing wrong with that in any country of the world. 
what happened with the Hurricane Sandy is the people that were they were were surprised about the tragedy of it all because it came in tougher and harder than they thought. But everybody in the infrastructure should have been aware of the fact that you always prepare for the worst for safety reasons. We didn't do that because there are still people waiting for help. And in Staten Island, I'm looking at New York, and thank gosh, the mayor, Bloomberg, canceled the marathon. He was going to continue that marathon. And many of us all over the world were wondering, how could you have a marathon of that going on and all the fancy tents and all the generators and all that hooked up in, in uh, Manhattan went out in different parts of New Jersey and, and New York and different states. They had no generators. They didn't have food on the table. They were trying to keep warm. Now, we do know some of us are healthier to be able to go out away from the a tragedy of that nature and go get help. But what about the, the children who can't? What about the elderly that can't? What about the handicapped that can't? So I think it's time that in here in America and every country of the world listening, we start building an infrastructure of what might be, even if it's not, even if the flood doesn't come and it's maybe announced and it didn't happen, yay, but we need to prepare for an, with an infrastructure in our country, we need to think about water first. Water first. We need to plan on making sure that we are protected and immediately have the water we need. We need to study that. There's another group of of entrepreneurs and inventors. Study the water. Study recycling. Study water. It's a priority to all life. Food comes second. Everybody needs food and shelter every day. Then you need to have proper place to sleep, to be healthy. You need to get out and exercise to be a healthy person. So let's say you have a tragedy, and all of a sudden you're running around, running around, and you don't have anything available to you because you can't even get in your car. You can walk, but maybe you don't dare leave somebody behind because they can't walk that far. The infrastructure is very important to our everyday life. For your health, water, food, sleep, and exercise, in a tragedy, you've got to start thinking about our, our health and how to keep us healthy during that period of time, and we they need help. The infrastructure is vital. And as far as I'm concerned, there was something let down in New Jersey and there was something let down in New York uh, that we they didn't move fast enough to make sure that all those people have the infrastructure they need to be healthy and happy and move their lives on. Because trust me, we've all seen on the news from all over the world these people are having to rebuild their lives. And if we talked about an economy problem of a deficit, look at what happened to those states to, to damage any, anything that they were trying to do in the business world to build up their economy, to build up the jobs. This is going to be a challenge for both for the states that were affected. I think it's time that we started looking at this as a climate change. It has nothing to do with global warming. We've had NASA on. We've had authorities on from all over the world. The climate on the planet Earth does change, along with the solar system changing, the moon changing, 
the planets are changing. It does affect our planet. We need to study that. So get a priority also that allowing NASA to have their budget passed so that NASA can go out and study what's going on away from the Earth, looking back at the Earth, because they can study all this. This is what they've been doing. They haven't been going on a vacation. They've been going on a study jeopardizing their lives to show the world that can be there is a study out there in the universe. We want to thank all of our first responders, the National Guard that came to help out those states, all of the different volunteers of the utility companies. Oh, and I want to bring this up. We had a utility company arrive at one of the sites and they were reject they came from states away to volunteer to give their time and they were told to go back because they weren't union. Now there's something wrong here. We want to thank the Red Cross. We want to thank the Salvation Army and all those neighborhood volunteers. And then what happened is the marathon joggers or runners came on their own with backpacks running in to help out. It brings tears to our eyes of what people can do to give back to other people. And let's all say our prayers for the people who are going to have to pick up their lives and also for those people that haven't been discovered. They're still sitting there waiting almost a week later for help. Today is a very special show. We're going to talk to Jerry Grodeski. He is very much involved in um, organic farming and uh, water uh, farms and uh, living next to the water and finding property next to the water. So we're going to have a lot of fun with, with Jerry today. Um, his uh, .com is farmandlakehouses.com. That's going to be kind of fun. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. Did you know that the surface of your eyes is 99% water? Did you know that? What causes vision impairment? Dehydration, loss of water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product worldwide to supplement the eyes without blurring, without stinging. doesn't even run the makeup, gals. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Jerry Krandusky. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jerry, are you with us? Yes. Okay, it's 
it's nice to have you on today and tell us a little bit about you and uh, how you got involved in what we're going to be talking about today. Well, I, uh, I, I've been a realtor for 21 years. I've actually been a broker for most of that time, and I uh, searched for my own lake house after, after living in the big city of Chicago for a number for my entire life and uh, started uh, you know, researching lakes, and we actually found the lake that we decided to buy a house on. And through the process of it all, I, I found how... Um, you know, this is a topic that's not very, you know, that's not uh, specialized, at least in Illinois and, and, you know, potentially other states throughout the country. So I started specializing in, in farms and lake houses, and it's, uh, for the last seven years, it's just kind of branching out more and more, uh, where a lot of people are coming to me as the go-to guy because I bring a lot of different aspects of, of living on a lake or living on a farm or starting a farm. I bring all those aspects together. And, uh, you know, I've, I've worked in, and uh, met with the uh, Department of Natural Resources, soil and water conservation, um, even the Chicago Botanical Gardens, and uh, just to research what, what they're doing, how they're viewing the environment, and mm-hmm. what they're looking for people to do with, you know, with every little you know, plot of soil that they have or every little lake that they have. So mm-hmm. it's really been enlightening for me because I ran into a lot of problems when we bought this lake house uh, with the shoreline and consequently with selling uh, every lake in Illinois, I see the uh, the goings-ons of each lake and, and what they're going through uh, with, you know, with the neighbors and with the environment. Tell us about what that means, uh, what you just said. Uh, what are people... What are some of the surprises that they get into that maybe they hadn't thought out? Well, you know, I, I, a lot of people are novices. You know, they've, uh, you know, they rented a boat and, and went for a boat ride or something, and now they want to live on a lake or on a river, and it's a totally different experience. Uh, I think the novice does not understand that you're, you know, you're the custodian of that lake or river, and they don't always take it to the next level of, of what mm-hmm. they have to be to, mm-hmm. to live on that lake. It's, I like the know, word, yes. I'll, I'll interrupt once in a while, Jerry, uh, sure. to, uh, during when you're talking, so I can stop at where you start, said the word custodian. I love that, um, uh, because I've been studying water for a long time, Jerry, and I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research and the world in water and the human life in water, the internal side of us, of our water internally. And then the, look at the earth and what it needs the water. And then you have somebody who likes to live near the water, on the water, or a community that's on the water with their, with their waters that they get in their homes called city waters and so on, or their wells. And they don't realize the custodianship of their water is so important in how they maintain it and take care of it. And, um, and, and, and learn more about uh, what the water will do if it begins to deplete or if the water decides to give you a flood um, and, or if the water is not kept clean in front of you, what it could do to damage uh, the, the health of the water. Uh, so is that what you're thinking? You got involved in learning a lot about that so people would learn that when they buy something on the water, that way to be a custodian to that. Correct. I, you know, I, I started investigating for my own uh, for my own purposes, and of course, with selling these properties, I now I do a series of shows throughout Illinois, and also uh, PowerPoint presentations about buying lake houses and farms mm-hmm. and things. And I try to educate the people because uh, you know 
these are areas that really, you know, outside of people like you, where do you go for this information? There's, right. you know, a number of good websites. Uh, I particularly like the Chicago Botanical Gardens and, and where they're coming from in their thought process. But a lot of people don't even contemplate going to that mm-hmm. to, you know, determine, gee, what do I do at my shoreline? What it, can, I, can I use fertilizer on my lawn? And uh, that's one of the biggest things that I'm becoming an advocate of around every lake that I see is these algae blooms are just incredible. Mm-hmm. And in talking with some of the biologists uh, at the Department of Natural Resources, they're saying, yes, the the over-fertilizing of your lawn is causing, you know, greater problems in the lake than, than you would mm-hmm. ever want. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a shame because uh, we live, we own half a, a lot right on the lake next to us with the people next to us, and they over-fertilize. Mm-hmm. And I do no fertilization, and if you walked out into that lawn 10 times a year, you would not tell where our lawn ends and where there begins. Mm-hmm. So what is what is the value of of over-fertilizing except to get a green lawn for about a week and then it, it dissipates? So, so what are you doing uh, to, uh, to tell our listeners to keep a healthy lawn and maintain the water, uh, soil um, um, maintenance of the soil, keep the, wa- the water table in the soil so that it doesn't dry out and and manage the roots the way, um, and then, of course, this, these fertilizers maintain to manipulate that, uh, to, uh, to bond the soil and the root together with the water. That's what their statement is. And by the way, that's why you apply skin creams and sunblock. It's because you're bonding uh, the surface of the skin to hold back the water. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You might even call some of these skin creams and different uh, different kinds of uh, sunblocks might be similar to the fertilizers because they're they're manipulating to bond, and maybe some are healthy for some people but not healthy for others. And soils change. Everybody's soil has a different uh, um, uh, chemical reaction to what's what's happening based on how what the person's doing to water the yard too. So, what are you doing personally to get it uh, just as healthy? Um, of, of the lawn without having to do what that other person is doing to chemically induce it? Well, you know, I basically, I, I mulch, uh, mulch all the okay. time. Good. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always mulching the lawn. I'm always mulching the leaves. Good. And that in itself, you know, Health I have bonded. a healthy lawn. You know, of course, yeah. there are times when you have a few more weeds, but, I mean, certainly nothing that, uh, you know, you would have mm-hmm. to worry about. And, uh, you know, it's amazing just looking at the difference that just right. by that simple process, I am not contaminating the lake with right. the fertilizers. Right. Uh, mulching, and it, and bo- uh, mulching is uh, a very exciting way to bond the soil with the roots and main- hold back the water so it doesn't get dry too quickly. Correct. And we've got several lo- large oaks on that piece of property. So, you know, you do get a fair amount of leaves, and a few, you've got to run over it a few times with mulching. But uh, I had a laugh because the neighbor was bagging leaves and taking it to the dump, and I, I purposely went out there with my lawnmower to mulch it, and within 15 minutes I had the whole yard mulched where right. you could barely tell that there was a leave on, on the lawn. So, oh, how, oh, that is a good story. I like that. Yeah. No, you need to know, Jerry, uh, have you ever been to Oregon? No. Okay, I live on the water in southern Oregon. Uh, in fact, our research campus is on the water, 40 acres, on the Rogue River. Have you ever heard of the Rogue River? I have not, no. 
Oh, my goodness. It's one of the ten wildest rivers in the United States. I've lived around here all my life. Um, it's a very famous river for salmon and steelhead fishing. Okay. And uh, we've, uh, but again, I know where you're coming from on the water. Uh, we've, uh, we've always lived on the water, uh, my husband and I. And, uh, of course, we, being in Oregon, we very value our rivers and our water. Where, where the Crater Lake is located, we value that. Uh, we have many, many lakes, and then we have rivers that we value. Um, and, uh, but again, now tell us about in Chicago what you learned and your hydroponic, um, location, your museum. The Chicago Botanical Gardens is, is one of the key. I met one of the directors who's very, uh, active in, in this, you know, type of field. And they had a nice, uh, quote on their website. I was looking for it earlier, but basically I'll paraphrase it. They were encouraging lake owners to resist societal pressures of making their shoreline groomed and sterile, and they were inviting them to make an environment out of it because they, you know, they said they reminded everybody, you, you, you've got animals, you've got frogs, you've got lizards, you've got this and that, fish and everything else that are living. Gophers, there. gophers, you get gophers over there. Yep, we get gophers too. Beans, <laughs> oh, they uh, have fun in a lot, and if they they love healthy ones. <laughs> I've never seen a live mink until I lived here, and we've got a couple oh. live minks living along the shoreline. Oh my so goodness! Oh, it's it's pretty phenomenal. But yet, you know, you're making you basically have a large aquarium, and yes, if you dump, if you have an aquarium in your house, it's a ten gallon aquarium, and you throw enough of junk in there. And throw your, you know, your leftover food in there. Well, you're going to end up with you're going to end up with a mess, dead fish and everything. And essentially, that's what a lot of the lakes are are going through. Is you know, people are over fertilizing. You're, they're doing this and that. They're just, you know, some lakes I believe still have some septics going into it. And of course, the EPA is really clamping down on that. So you 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 throw all this toxic waste into this lake, and sooner or later, you're going to have a, a one heck of a problem. So. You know, Jerry, as you're talking, uh, because I, we've been in our, our show is yes about the power of water, but also your health as, as an individual person, life on earth, and the health of the body. And it's everything you said. I think about what people do to their bodies. They're not drinking eight to ten plain glasses of water a day. They're eating, drinking sodas. They're adding all this starch and sugar. The arteries, I call them pipes, are clogging up. The, the 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 toxin I call that manure in the body that isn't removing itself, and the skin has to be healthy to be able to detoxify through the skin. The area you live in and in, in your humidity, wherever you live, the humidity of your life is so in, in, uh, influential because the humidity is what opens the skin and allows the toxin to remove. So everything you said about the waters of the world and where you live and the way you are a custodian with protecting the water, individuals don't think about themselves as a personal environment. Each person is an ecosystem to the other person around them. And the contagiousness and the contaminations that we're doing by not eating properly, drinking enough water, number one. And so you just described (laughs) the healthy aspects of being healthy, not only for the soil and the water around us and the, and, the, and the air we live in, but each person adds to that as a person. That's why they say the population adding to this is so influential. Population to the atmosphere of our earth is very important. 
Um, now, tell us uh, there, I'd love to have on my show sometime there, if you want to introduce us to the Botanical Gardens of Chicago, so they could tell me, so they could teach us some things, too, because so, it seemed like they were quite an influence on you. They were. The, uh, they're, they were the most direct in, in describing what they would like to see, and, of course, they've had all the PhDs behind this, mm-hmm. and I was very impressed with the director um, and, and his taking the time with me on several different occasions to, you know, relate to this. And, of course, they, they do also seminars and things, too. That, that type of seminar, I believe, is probably geared more to the, you know, to the um, educators of, of the world rather than the consumers. But I know they did invite me to their seminars. You know, they allow, you know, anybody. Um, but, you know, they, they've got a, a very nice website. I'm not going to, you know, compare the de- Department of Natural Resources and Soil and Water Conservation, mm-hmm. they, all, they all add elements to, you know, the whole process. Getting back to your comment about, about you know, our, 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 I call it a closed ecosystem, the body almost. I mean, I totally agree with you that uh, our body mimics a lot of what, you know, lakes and rivers and, and fields are, are, are in Illinois, or in, in the world, rather, that, uh, you know, what you put on it, what you put into it, what you do with it, all have, have a end Influence. result, yeah. you know. No matter how minuscule of, of a cream or, or whatever you're taking, you know, that adds up over time to a point where you are going to end up with a, you know, you're going to end up with a dilemma at some point in time where uh, you may have to adjust what you're doing or thinking. So well, that's, that's what that I'm trying to do. That's what you use there, too, is we need to learn how to live on the planet Earth. There's a rhythm to Earth to live with us and for us to live with the earth. But it always starts out, Jerry, with the primary source is water. If we can't learn to live with the water, the living water, because we're living water and there's living water, we are, we're going to lose it someday. And maybe you heard me talking about the infrastructure of our country. You know, Jerry, the infrastructure of our country should be the priority of everything for our politicians. They forgot about it. And the infrastructure of safety for our, the human race to live on Earth and be safe, to take, protect and have the, be the custodian to the rest of the planet Earth. If we're not going to be safe and we're not taking care of ourselves and making that a priority, and, of course, water, number one, um, is in protecting our uh, lifestyle, our lives, I should say, on Earth, we've lost it, Jerry. We've lost it. The, you know... The, the things that are most neglected are the things that we supposedly had an abundance of, water and clean water, clean air, and I think a lot of people just take that for granted. You're doing a great service. I've been to your website and, and reading through it. I mean, you're adding a voice to something that really doesn't have much of a voice in the world. Uh, people just neglect everything, and I cringe when people start buying property and chopping down trees. And my my actual comment would be to most of these people, you do remember why we breathe, Right. And they just look at me and says, you know, trees and grass all produce oxygen, you know. Exactly. And, uh, uh, the trees know, bring oxygen out of the ground to the atmosphere. And, uh, but I do believe, Jerry, that we, can, we don't want to go overboard because we've learned here in Oregon that if you don't cut down the trees that are dying and that have all the bugs and the infestation of the, of the beetles and all the things that eat up the healthy trees, too, as the others are dying, we need to keep 
the uh, 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 it's no different than you cut your hair. Have you ever noticed when your hair is cut, it, it makes a healthier hair? Have you ever noticed when you're eating properly and you're breathing properly and, and you're sleeping that it makes a healthier you? This forest needs to be healthy, and they're expecting us as a custodian to make sure that they can grow, those healthy trees can grow, the healthy bushes can grow, the soil can stay healthier. So uh, there's a, we can go too extreme. I'm also, I don't know about you, and you can disagree with me, uh, I'm very, very um, respectful of people who do, but I do believe there should be some dams planned out. I call them reserv- uh, reservoirs of water. There is going to be times that different states and different places on earth will not have enough water that year or maybe for five years. You can go to the Middle East and see where they never thought about it because uh, the waters have been diminishing. Well, and, you know, the scientists have already proved across the planet that deserts used to be vast oceans and vice versa. So uh, they do understand that this does change regardless of what mankind has done to the planet. So there are going to be future changes that are going to change lush, fertile uh, grasslands to, you know, desert again. That's and you, just you want what to be able to balance does. that ecosystem out because when Earth started out, man began to be, I really like what you did today. You made my day on this, on the custodian side. We as human beings are here for a reason. And we are, and we're here to do some very exciting everyday Olympian type challenges to be the best at what we do as humans on the planet. And we've got each other. It's a team effort, Jerry, for me. I look at everybody on the planet as a team player. I look at people who don't want to be team players with the rest of the planet and, and plan out and, and be custodians and go to extreme. I don't believe that well, this was meant to go extreme. I do believe the ecosystem means a balancing act about well, where it's is, at, what's know, happening. So what you're doing... Our, essentially, this is our own little tor- terrarium that's flying through space. Exactly. You know? exactly. And, and it is exciting. You know, we go through, like what happened in uh, Hurricane Sandy... We're going to go through this. We're going to make it as a team. The world is going to come together. We're going to get there. And those people that had the tragedy because of the power of water coming up and the hurricane and, and the dominance of what happened, we didn't, they were, they were caught off guard, okay, like what happened at Katrina and other things that are happening with our tornadoes and our earthquakes and, and our um, cyclones, and I could go on and on and on. We're going to do it together. It's a together. And what we, because those of us on Earth want to live like a Jerry, I know, living next to the water, we're going to get a 500-year-old flood someday. Correct. And, you know, I have to be prepared that that could happen. You know, but I'm I, also I, hoping my infrastructure of my county and my state are prepared that whatever devastation is happening, that if I should get stranded by a, a flash flood or something that I didn't get the proper radio reports or the proper weather reports, that I can also have, find, get to safety or get some safe help uh, with which is, which is happening back there. But it's not happening back there fast enough for some of those people because they're still going without power, which is fine. It's not the power. It's the food that I'm upset about. The power is getting on. They're coming slowly and surely with those utility companies as long as they're union utility companies. They're not letting in anybody who's not union. I found that out over the weekend. Okay, so they're coming in to help, 
and then that they've got their finding that the food I, I've said to myself the Salvation Army and the Red Cross with those food banks and all those charitable organizations with food banks to make sure those people know we're coming we're coming you're not here alone we're here with you and uh, that's something that all of us need to know now we're uh, to help them out uh, Jerry, we're going to take a moment with our sponsor, and we'll be right back. And then you tell us about some of your organic farming that we need to learn about, because it sounds like you've been doing a lot of learning about that, too. Correct. So don't go anywhere. You stay right yep. there. And by the way, are you, in, are you in Chicago today? No, I'm actually in central Illinois. I, I, I reside in central Illinois. For the central time. Illinois. Okay, I love your state. Okay, um, I've been there many times. In fact, I've done some television shows there. But anyway, don't go anywhere, and I'll be right back. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Terry, uh, every week we talk about, I try to remember, talk about the population before we go into what you're going to teach us about, what you've been learning about organic farming and uh, water farms. But the population last week in the United States grew by 42,114 people. So we're now up to uh, 314,713,592 people. The world population is right now up to, the world grew last week by 1,483,396 people. The world, the, our planet Earth living in the solar system, is up to seven billion, fifty million, two hundred ninety thousand, three hundred eighty people, and they talk about population control. I'm not a believer of of saying we're going to control your world here. Uh, we want you to uh, to stop and just have one child per family. I'm not going to go there, and I'm also not one, Jerry. Uh, and I hope I'm not going to step on toes of different people starting at a young age taking contraceptives so you will have a population control. I'm not for that either. But I do believe that we, all of us on this earth, have to learn to think like you are, Jerry, and that we need to think of it as exciting. It's a hobby. It's fun. Get out of every. Even if you live under a bridge, Jerry, you can get out of bed in the morning and think from wherever you're coming from, beginning your new day with the planet Earth's daylight. There is a, there's a custodianship that you're taking serious to teach us today, and that 
when you buy something, you own that all right, but you have also an exciting custodianship with what you're saying. Now, what are you learning about organic farming? Because that could be also back to your yards. So it doesn't have to be your farming for crop or raising animals, but teach us about what you're learning about organic farming. Well, organic farming is certainly picking up in popularity. Uh, even the people that live out in, in, in a big city are calling and saying, I want to get somewhere. I want to, even if I buy an acre, I want to I do uh, my own organic farm somewhere, maybe do a little roadside stand or something. The biggest thing that you've got to consider with that is you do have to look at your surrounding environment because if there are crop farms next to you that are, are chemical farms, uh, that being that they're using chemicals to to make the you know help the crops grow or or prevent weeds or whatever, they no doubt will have an effect on your small one five or ten acre little farmette. Uh, likewise, if you have a some sort of stream that's running through the property or, or on next to the property, if that's carrying contaminants with it from those other farms, then your chance of having a true organic farm really goes downhill pretty readily. Uh, there are organizations that kind of certify organic, and these are the things that they're looking at to help people understand, hey, yeah, you have a nice red tomato, but your farm is not organic thanks to the 1,000 acres of chemical farms next to you. So you may think that you're doing everything organic and you're living naturally, but the surrounding areas are contaminating it. And I think that's the biggest uh, misunderstanding that a person coming from uh, a different area might not really look into, mm-hmm. might not understand, and certainly the average agent that's that's working uh, real estate does not consider mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, where there's 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 a lot of tunnel vision going on, and there people are not looking at the big picture overall. Yeah. Um, now, and I, I've studied organic farming, and I understand. Uh, I've been studying nature of, of life, and I believe don't go to the medicine cabinet first. Learn about the nature of your of your symptoms and more in your lifestyle choices. But uh, on organic, I truly believe that. And uh, so, um, have you personally been doing any organic farming, or you've been teaching the organic farming? What what is happening with some of these areas that you would buy land at? at a location you'd purchase the land and be aware of the fact if you want to have a garden and do organic farming, you will not have an organic farm being next to a 500-acre or a 100-acre farm uh, that's raising uh, crops by using fertilizers and, let's say, getting rid of the bugs. The bugs, I find, sometimes are worse than anything because they'll come in and just ruin your crops. Um, so there's ways to have how to get rid of the bugs. And by the way, what did you learn, Jerry? How did they get rid of all of these insects and bugs that just destroy crops and, and gardens? You know, there's a there's a family that has a small organic farm not too far from us, and I was amazed one day. She's she's raised eight children, uh, and with very good values and principles. And they have a garden that you could literally go there, and if you go there for beets that day, she will walk out in the garden and pull the beets right out of the ground. Well, to control the insects, she made a rolling, basically basically a giant rolling chicken coop, if you want to call it that, uh, about 100 feet long or whatever, and it would roll over, probably cover two rows at a time, and she would keep the chickens inside of that, and they'd peck away all the little insects, and then she'd roll to the next two uh, 
two rows of crops. Now describe that they, again. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. Now, what and did I just I, it was masterful. Yeah. You now, know, what did she do, Jerry? Describe that again. It's basically it's a long rectangular rolling chicken coop. She had you know probably one one and a half foot diameter wheels, and they had four you know at least four. Oh, uh, well, uh, you, you mean a mobile? <laughs> a mobile. A just mobile a hand. You just coop. you would just push it over the, to the next two rows. Awesome. And she would let her chickens, of course, it contained the ah. chickens inside there, and they'd pick away at all the little insects, and then she'd roll to the next oh, two, two rows down. <laughs> and I just, you know, what a masterful way of controlling Isn't the insects. Isn't that a with masterful that. way to control that? Huh. And it's so simplistic. And besides the fact, you can roll it away from the garden and then have the chickens over there as kind of like a pet. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, she raised, you know, she had eggs and everything, so she was feeding oh, her yeah, chickens. Her eggs too. She was controlling her uh, her insect population, and you know you just look at some of these you know the simplistic ways, and you just you just say you know it's just so simplistic and it's ridiculous sometimes. But it, it well, you know, Jerry, what I do in life is I say you know I work with like a lot of people do with with scientists and PhDs and all these unbelievably brilliant, knowledgeable, highly educated people. And I always say to everybody, and they like it, it's, it I, I live out of the box with common sense, Jerry. I am not smart. I have to study every day to learn enough. Can we learn enough? It's impossible. So what you and I are talking about today is common sense. It's common sense. It's, you know, it's really understanding and you, you you gave us some figures of what the population on Earth is is transcending to. I mean, with with that increasing exponentially, you really have to start educating people to live more within the big picture. They can't be, have this tunnel vision because, you know, that's just going to be detrimental in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what have you, else have you learned about when your person's going to be? Tell us the difference between a lake. The custodian of a lake, and then the difference between on a uh, river. Well, you're, you know, the lake certainly is more of a closed system unless it's being fed by some tributary. So, you're you're really going to have to be more concerned with, you know, what you're putting into the lake. A lot of the lakes, at least in Illinois, have some sort of drain tile feeding, which means they are getting runoffs from our surrounding crop farms, and that's introducing a number of things. Of course, as we, we've already talked about, fertilizers and fertilizing your lawn is going to have an effect on it. And then whatever else you do, you know, whatever motors you allow in the lake is all going to affect that lake. There are a number of good companies out there that produce different products to help control weeds and, and bacteria or different things in the lakes. And I have, you know, I've met a number of them, and I, you know, from time to time I'll carry literature with or put it on my website. The rivers are a different animal because the rivers, of course, no matter what you do with your immediate, you know, most people maybe own 250 foot of frontage. So you, in scale, you basically own uh, a very minuscule amount of the entire river. Uh, the Illinois River, for example, you know, is fed, uh, I believe, all the way from the Gulf of, Mex- Gulf of Mexico. So you're the Asian carp are, are, are coming up this way and they're having to deal with uh, you know, so, something that happened hundreds of miles away, and now you have to deal with it because they're outside your front door. So uh, the rivers, you, you, it's a it's a totally different environment to work with. 
you're not going to control it as readily no matter what you do because you're just going to you're you're suspect to everything that's coming from upstream so as i tell everybody river now the your river there in illinois is fed from where well i believe uh, now we're getting in a, a, a geographical thing but i believe the i think it is connected to the mississippi and there okay. uh and that course goes all the way down to the gulf so right. uh, the illinois river you know through you know, gets gets anything that's coming from there. It, it comes all the way up here, mm-hmm. eventually. So you know, and of course, then you've got different plants. Uh, you know, different industry on the river that's going to pollute it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, you see all kind of different things. Basically, you know, the rivers. Interestingly enough, the rivers have a whole different uh, environment with with insects. Gnats, per se, I've yet to see the gnats on lakes as I do on some of the rivers. Um, of course, you're dealing with currents and stuff as you're living on a river, so you've, you've got to become educated with that if, you're, if you have animals living there or if you have small children living there. And so it's a different type of environment. And, and as I'm sitting down with clients or even at the seminars, I'm trying to educate them, what are you looking for? Understand what you're going to get. It's too late when you buy that property and you're there saying, oh, we didn't think about the flooding. Uh, I was at one show. I do shows throughout the state, and the shows are either boat shows or recreational shows or agricultural shows or hunting shows of some sort, any kind of sports show. And I have my booth there from time to time. They let me do seminars. But I was at one show, and I could hear a developer down the way talking about the river and several people walk up to me, and I says, don't let anybody ever tell you that a river never floods. I says, a river is always going to flood. It's just a matter of how much. And I said, I've overheard some of the conversations, and I, 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 I'm coming to an understanding that they're not really stressing this. And I says, you, you want to stress this. It got to be so bad that development actually sent somebody in plain clothes over to to questioned me on what I was saying. I said, every river floods at some point. What do you mean they sent you over in plain clothes? Well, we, 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 we caught them because we thought that uh, I had my, my waterway uh, engineer with me at that particular show, and we both found it strange what we thought it was, you know, a typical attendee. But oh, I we, see. They we, came we, over we, to yeah, investigate we, what you were saying, but they didn't right, let you and, know who they we, were. <laughs> we busted them later that it was one of their employees that had changed into plain yeah. clothes to come over and see what I was saying. But I said, no, uh-huh. every river floods. Eventually, there's going to be enough water pouring into that, into that river, and they are not the going to be able to divert the water. The river, yeah. So, you know, you have, you know, you have people with the purpose of selling property and maybe not disclosing all this. You know, an interesting thing that I had questioned municipalities is, and you had mentioned about 500-year floodplains, 100-year floodplains. I raised the question. I said, are you doing the math? You're adding all the uh, parking lots and streets that were never there in communities, that were never there. There were fields that were controlling the water. And I said, now you're adding... Uh, parking, you know, asphalt parking lots and, and streets and everything that are diverting more and more water, much more quicker to tributaries, and you're, you know, you're compounding the problem. And I never got an answer from anybody, no matter how high up I went. Well, that's a hundred-year floodplain. I says, are they recalculating this? Because now, especially in, you know, in larger cities where you know the suburbs are developing further and further, and they're they're encroaching into all these. What used to be farmlands, now you've got all these 
asphalt, you know, cement-covered areas, I said, you're compounding that 100-year floodplain exponentially by sending all the water there in a, in a quicker way. And, it and they down to the river, right. People, people have not thought about that at all. And I said, you better start recalculating your 100-year floodplains and whatnot. Right. Uh, you know, I have not gotten a good answer, you know, if they're... Well, it, it, it is, Terry, it's a challenge because our population is growing and we want... It's kind of like what's going on in China. Uh, China is, has, is developing a new outlook on their lifestyles. And as people go to work and people are working and have money in their pocket, they want things... They're working for a vision. And they don't mind working hard because there's something for a vision. And they're uh, getting um, uh, apartments. Their apartments have gone up through all these years and different subdivisions now with apartments and, and, and all the pavement that is also uh, not helping. The pollution is so bad. And the pollution in the air is so bad, plus the water is, is contaminated. So what do you do when you have a population grow and people want to live in modern locations, which is means... Uh, they don't have to drive uh, down a dirt road where their car will get dirty. They will want a paved road. They want a paved driveway. And they want their place, their home, to be the conveniences. And this is what is happening. We're, uh, it's our outlook and what we want with the money we're earning. And people work harder for, for those visions to go for some of these things that I just said. Um, but again, uh, you're right. And uh, th- then I'm going to come back to maybe my evaluation of infrastructure. I don't think infrastructure in our states, our communities, in our country should be, be – it should hit the middle. It shouldn't go one extreme. But, you know, Jerry, one time I was in a meeting with the Forest Service and um, the timber industry, and, um, and, and I was listening and I'm going to remind you again, I'm a common sense person. I'm a study freak. I study all the time. I have all my life. I'm not a smart person, Jerry. I have to study. But I always believe that you can't learn enough, and things do change. But I'm sitting in this meeting, and I'm listening to all this, these forest people, uh, these scientists sitting there with the timber industry. And when they came to a point, and I said, you know, something that's so sad is you are the infrastructure hired by the taxpayer to be doing what you're doing, to build an infrastructure for us to be able to do our part, too. Our part is living our everyday to the health of our, our, our lives. Then we maybe have a, we go to a job, and maybe the job is created by, called a business, a business, that we go to a job, there's a business there. And then the business is vital for everybody to have a job to be able to build their visions and have money in their pocket to do what they need. But why aren't you, the United States government, helping as a team player the timber industry for America to be able to continue or the mining industry or whatever it is, Jerry, or the agriculture or the waterways? Why aren't you working to give them to the middle? the ecosystem middle, the rhythm of the middle, and because we hired you to be doing that study. Why are you saying that everybody else is at fault and you're not at fault? It's actually, Jerry, I believe, that they're, they're going too extreme because their job's going to work every day, hired by the people of our country, of the society, 
they've got a job working for the people. They're going to work doing it their way rather than what's best for the culture and all the society of the planet because people will want to have visions. They do want to live in more modern ways of living. But our, our people that we're having in those positions making these huge income are not thinking they're a member of the team too. Because without a job and without a business, those people wouldn't have any, they wouldn't have nothing. They wouldn't, well, look what's going to happen over there with Hurricane Sandy. Those people are not getting able to get to their jobs. Well, their jobs still still there. How many businesses were destroyed? People's lives have been changed. Where's the infrastructure for them to pick up and go on and build, build here soon again? So I'm looking at it with what you're studying um, is the organic farms and the waterways and, and for our lives on the planet to uh, have a relationship with the solar system because we have to also remember every day, Jerry, we're living in, on a planet Earth with a relationship to build with the rest of the solar system. We don't want to take that off, uh, off what, what's supposed to be the nature of what we're doing for them too, we're, we're, for that solar system to be able to evolve, for us to be here all for, uh, for eternity. Now, we've only got two more minutes left. What would you like to say to your audience out there that is very important to you personally about what you've been doing and your commitments of why you decided to go this direction? Well, I was going to cite a a Cree Indian proverb, if if I may, because I love it. Uh, I've done a lot of reading through the years about ancient uh, wisdom and things, and this, this basically says it all, if I can quote it. Uh, it says, only when the last tree is cut, only when the last river is polluted, only when the last fish is caught, only then will they realize that you cannot eat money. And that's a Cree Indian proverb. Uh-huh. And I, I just love it because it says it all. Everything we're talking about, um, you know, basically to, to to answer your question, too, um, yeah, I... I, I I'm one of the few in Illinois, there's, there's others throughout the country that do specialize in farms and, and lake houses and, and getting off the grid and, and starting an organic or some sort of mini farm for yourself. Isn't and I can't fun, stress enough to the consumer to, if you are looking for something, to choose a specialist rather than somebody who, who's just uh, uh, a typical agent because you'll right. get better service, you'll get better knowledge and better wisdom about... Now, they can go the to www.farmandlakehouses.com and learn more of what you've been doing. Correct. Well, thank you so much today. Jerry, you keep up the good work. Thank gosh we've got people out there like you. And uh, I wish you the very best of what you do. Thank you. I absolutely love your website, too. So. Well, and by the way, I, I, I was going to say, I also love that lake that you guys all have there. They took me down there and showed me some of your statues and your and what, uh, they're out of Chicago of how much you guys really value that lake that's there, too. So, and your lake waterway. Michigan is, certainly makes Chicago, yes. Yes. Well, you, you have a nice day, Jerry, and tell your family and everyone I said hello. Okay. Thank you, Sharon. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, did we learn a lot? You know, it's fun, these kind of shows with the guests, as we get to be reminded of some of the things we might have forgot to think about. We get to hear about what, how other people are thinking. You know, sometimes when I go to do this and I'm talking to my guests or I'm talking to you, I often think, think well, you probably already know this, but not really. Sometimes we forget about some of these topics 
and we need to be reminded about these topics and different subject matters and because we get busy in our everyday life and that's why I decided to call my show The Power of Water. I know you know that water is vital to your life. I know you know that water is vital to our planet Earth. Uh, you know that humidity is water and the air you're breathing has got to keep you alive as much as the water you're drinking and the water that's in our soil and the waters that come through the lakes and the streams and the rivers and the oceans. You know that. But we need to sit back and take a reminder of some of these subject matters that are so important so that we can stop and think, take a breath of life, uh, breathe in and breathe out like the ocean is, like our humidity is. Did you know when you breathe in and you breathe out, it's kind of like the, t- uh, the ocean t- uh, tide is to come in and out, and your life is very important. Remember, you must drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day without anything in it. You must have proper nutrition, lots of good greens. You must learn to sleep right, get enough exercise, and your attitude will follow. Your obstacles will be solved. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. We had a very special guest. I want to thank Polly Featherton and and my secretary, Bonnie Mark, for making this all possible for me to do this today with all of you, and World Talk Radio, Voice America, and Apple iTunes. Embrace your life. Every special moment is important to you and to somebody else's too. But Earth with whispering, never say goodbye. Leave something of yourself very special behind. You are that special, and so is everything coming. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the world talk radio network for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit worldtalkradio.com the world talk radio network where the world comes to talk the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the world talk radio network its staff and management